What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold, but the takes are hot. We've got our Friday episode this week, kind of covering the upcoming football games for the week. A little something about our picks for last week, but before we get into the picks, we're getting into some news first, kind of that broke earlier this week. Uh, I guess since for last Friday to now, or last Saturday morning to now. Um, a little bit of news, we'll start off with uh, Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney agrees to a new 10-year, $115 million contract to stay with the Clemson Tigers. Um, I believe you were talking about there was a clause in there about him leaving to go coach the the uh, Crimson Tide? Right, yeah. So there is a clause in the contract, uh, a higher value if the contract were to be bought out, uh, likely in the you know final few years of his career, or of the contract, as Saban would retire, likely not for another eight years or so. Uh, but yeah, the details of the deal, it's 10 years, $115 million uh, for Sweeney, which puts him to the 11, 11.5 annual average just behind Saban at 11.7, which he signed last August. Um, so, yeah, really solid deal for one of the best coaches in college football. Um, if he did go to Bama to coach, it probably wouldn't be for, you know, seven, eight years. As Saban still has some good years left, obviously. It's really going to be up to him how long he wants to be doing this. But, yeah, good deal. Uh, really the Mel Tucker deal kind of sparked all these, you know, re-ups with the teams that coaches were currently coaching for just to kind of reset the market and stuff like that. So about what I expected for him, and I expect a few more uh, coaching deals to come. You know, like you say, Clemson kind of keeps the stability there. Obviously, Dabo's done a really good job there. Um, they're certainly a blue blood powerhouse at this point. Um, obviously, not necessarily historically, but, you know, in the past, what, four, five, six, seven, almost ten years now, um, you know, a good part of, a, of the last decade, they've been really dominant in the top of the top of the, uh, just the national leaderboards and just success overall on recruiting, even though they down here last year, they still – one, 10, 11 games. So, um, you know, when the down years, 10 wins, you know, you're doing something right. But um, definitely a good move. I think you're right. The kind of the Mel Tucker signing last year at Michigan State midseason. Um, now it wasn't timed very well. Next weekend, they're getting blown up by Ohio State. But still, um, that's kind of like it's kind of sparked a lot of these contracts, so as well as looking at Lincoln Riley leaving, going to USC, looking at Brian Kelly leaving, going to LSU. These guys are getting big money elsewhere. I think teams are looking to prioritize keeping their head coach in house uh, as long as they can for as much money as they can. Yeah, I thought overall, you know, it was smart to do this. You're going to see other coaches in the next few years, probably next offseason at the soonest sign deals with, you know, likely the team that they're currently with. But, you know, coaches that are doing really well, they're going to want to be paid what they deserve with new teams uh, that, you know, kind of lure them in as their new head coach. So overall, um, pretty good deal all around. I don't know all the details to it. I just know it's going to – it's in effect immediately, and he's going to be paid ten and a half this year, and then he's going to be incrementally working up towards twelve and a half, uh, ten years from now when his contract expires. You know, like you said, a good deal. Um, kind of some NFL news here. We've got a couple contracts this week. Um, I'm going to start off with Saints center Eric McCoy signs a five-year, sixty-three point seven five million dollar deal to remain in New Orleans, rather an extension. Should kick in after the twenty twenty-two season. Um, Good move for the Saints. They lock up one of the better young centers in the NFL. Um, obviously, that's a critical part. I think you look at a lot of the rosters in the NFL. Um, good quarterback plays with a good center. Um, you know, obviously, the Bucks made a point of getting Ryan Jensen back when Ryan Thomas coming back. So, um, just a good example there. And a good move, whether or not it's going to be Jameis long term or they draft somebody or you know who knows what it's going to be. But uh, definitely a good move to get Eric McCoy locked up. Definitely, this is another good signing here uh, at about twelve point seven five a year. So pretty solid all around uh, for the Saints, who have really had a good line the past few years and keep most of the guys now with Winston fully healthy and hopefully is healthy for the whole year. Definitely, like you mentioned, it's a pivotal uh, 
that you know they have a really strong guy there at center snapping the ball. Obviously, starts the play every snap. So you don't want to lock a lockdown dude there that can block really well and do everything really well. So that's exactly what they have in McCoy, and they obviously like what they see from him as they got him for another six seasons. Uh, but as we continue on with the news, before we get into our college and NFL picks, uh, Rams head coach Sean McVay and GM Les Snead signed extensions with the Rams. I believe it was this morning. Uh, I believe it's for a five-year extension, so for the next five or so years, somewhere to McCoy length. Um, they'll be remaining with the Rams in the front office and on the field and likely be making, you know, top three, top five money. Yeah, you figure most of these guys are going to be with the Rams for most of the rest of their career. Um, I mean, you figure. Um, you know, I don't foresee Snead or, uh, you know, McVay going anywhere anytime soon. I think with the success the Rams have had and what they've done for that franchise uh, since they've gotten there has been huge, especially when you look at McVay and what he's done with the offense and the quarterbacks there. Um, but kind of sticking with the Rams here, uh, they also signed offensive tackle Rob Havensey to a three-year $34.5 million deal. He plays right tackle for them. Had a chance to move him to left tackle, didn't. Kept him at right tackle. They like what they have. In uh, Joseph Noteboom at left tackle, um, filled in there a couple games last year when Whitworth was help, was uh, not healthy. So they keep uh, Hayden seen at right tackle. But I think they lock him up at a good price, just uh, you know, just over what 11 ish million million a year. So um, good deal there, good good value signing. I think Hayden seen's not necessarily a top tackle in the NFL, but he's certainly serviceable or more than serviceable at the right tackle position, which is huge, especially in that division. When you look at the guys, are, the teams are playing uh, like the Niners with the well, the. Pardon me, the front seven up front, uh, got to have a good tackle player. Right, definitely. Yeah, this was the right move for them, signing a guy that's already familiar with the team and the scheme and everything. Uh, so a good value here, like I said, about you know, 11 and a half or so. Um, I thought it was the right move. Didn't really see it coming, obviously, but you know, it makes perfect sense. Um, but the team they played week one, the Bills, they re-signed their tight end, Dawson Knox, to a four-year $53.6 million extension. So about 13 and a quarter a year, 13 and a half. A um, little bit of overpay, I think Knox is maybe a little better than he should be when he's in the Bills' offense. I think if you put most tight ends in the Bills' off- offense, they're going to be producing really well. Um, so I don't think it's really Knox as much as it is the offense kind of catering towards his skill set. But I do think he's a really good tight end, top 10. Um, I just don't think maybe he's worth quite the money that he got. That's fair. I think you make a good point. Um, I mean, you've seen a lot in the past, system tight ends, quarterbacks, they're really good, and offenses are really good. And then you look at uh, Julius Thomas is a great example in, in Denver. Um, lit it up with Peyton Manning, had a had a great year, um, kind of came out of nowhere, and then uh, left, what, two years later, went south with Jags and did absolutely nothing. So not to say that guy's not a good player still, but just it's not necessarily uh, you know worth the money that's being paid to those guys sometimes. But, again, by part of the system, I'm not going to knock these guys for taking the money when they get offered it. Um, Kind of move into some injury news. This is the last bit before we get into our picks for the week, college and NFL. Uh, despite recent reports of Chargers quarterback J.C. Jackson being out week one, head coach Brandon Staley said yesterday that J.C. is day-to-day and will likely be a game-time decision. Uh, yesterday being Wednesday, recording this Thursday night. Actually, the game's going on right now. Got on the TV here. Um, but, yeah, so Wednesday, uh, Coach Staley said J.C.'s day-to-day. Um, you know, they asked him the question. He kind of smirked and said, no, he's day-to-day. He's actually trending really, really positively. Um it's going to be a game-time decision for the star corner. and um, But again, like I said, trending in a positive direction for the second-year head coach with the Chargers. Um, hopefully he's playing week one, I think, um, regardless of whether you're a fan of the Raiders, Chargers, or just an, he's a football fan, I think you want to see players like J.C. Jackson uh, playing, mark, matching up with guys like Mar- uh, Devontae Adams and uh, I guess Hunter Renfro potentially as well, as well as Darren, uh, Darren Waller out in the big slot potentially. Um, 
You just want to see marquee matchups, marquee players in the field, no matter what. Definitely, yeah. Um, you know, last season, there were a lot of injuries around the league, and I think, you know, this season is definitely looking better so far in terms of the off-season programs. I think teams made some adjustments, and they're looking – they have a better outlook on the season health-wise as, you know, very few guys have gone down for the season uh, to this point, and hopefully it stays that way as we get into some action. You know, a lot of starters sit during the preseason, so – for a lot of these guys, it's going to be their first action uh, here this upcoming Sunday. So hopefully they stay healthy and stuff like that. Nothing happens, but good news there. And then to round out the news, uh, Jets QB Zach Wilson. He will be out until at least week four uh, when they play the Steelers uh, as he's dealing with the knee scope. You know, in the second preseason game it was, I believe, he suffered kind of like a knee. He landed weird, and some people thought it was an ACL. Others thought, you know, it was a little bit more minor. Um, luckily, it wasn't. It was pretty minor, and... Pretty good outlook for him as the timetable was about four to six weeks, and six weeks would be about week four. So staying true to that timetable and one they think will be back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, good things for them. Joe Flago starting against the Ravens, which would be cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Zach will be back with plenty of time to go in the season, barring any setbacks. So um, good news for the Jets and for all Jets fans. No, absolutely. I think, like you said, um, good news to hear Zach Wilson's healthy. Obviously, having Joe Flacco at this age isn't necessarily the best thing ever. But, again, I think you got to be careful with Wilson. He's a young quarterback. You don't want to go throw him into the fire hurt. Um, so, definitely, definitely the right decision there for them, I think. Um, and good to see Zach Wilson getting back on the field healthy. You know, he's healing fast. just got that dog in him. just built different. Um, but that kind of wraps up the news. We'll move on to the picks here for the week. We'll recap our college football picks from last week. We'll run through these pretty quick. Um, Texas Tech game, both Brett and I picked Texas Tech. Uh, and picked them to cover on the minus 38. Well, actually, I'll do this first. I'll, I'll explain this a little bit first. So we're going to do college football picks are going to be against the spread. So our win-loss rate is going to be by whether or not spread hits, what we think the you know team's going to go against the spread. Um, and then for the NFL, we're just going to do winners of games. There's too many games each week that we're going to cover because they're going to do all the games. We kind of talk about spreads each week. Um, we're just going to stick with uh, who wins the games. And it's a little harder to think predict NFL spreads and you're going to have games. Um, you know, the Bills are going to go out and lose to the Jags like they did last year potentially. I'm not saying they're going to, but that kind of stuff happens every year where a really bad team beats a really good team. So we're just going to stick with game winners, um, not spreads. But we'll go with spreads for college football. So like I said, Brent and I both picked Texas Tech minus 38 and that hit in the Murray State game. Um, and then we'll move into rank, ranked matchups. Number 11, Oregon at number 3, Georgia. Um, we both picked Georgia to win. I picked Oregon plus 16. You picked Georgia minus 16 and a half. Georgia ended up winning by 40-plus points. It was an absolute blowout. Um, maybe the most least competitive game of the week across college football. Right. Um, and that might include the Alabama game against Utah State. So um, pretty impressive win for Georgia. Obviously, the Georgia minus 16 and a half hit, pick hit for you. I did not get my Oregon plus 16 and a half pick to hit, but then no big deal there. Yeah, you know, that was a game that people thought would be the game of the week. And it wasn't really. Uh, I think it was 49-3 was the final. So, not a very close one Crazy. there in Georgia. Um, but, yeah, I had the spread there. Uh, Second-ranked matchup of the week was 23 Cincinnati going to Fayetteville and playing 19 Arkansas, who was favored by 6.5. And, and I picked Arkansas to cover. You picked Cincinnati. Arkansas won by 7, so they barely covered. Um, but that was a really good game. It lived up to the hype. Arkansas looked good, as they should. Um and, yeah, I mean, Cincinnati should still be a ranked team throughout the whole season, but not quite what they were last year, and I think we saw that in week one. Yeah, a little disappointed in the quarterback play for Cincinnati this year. Um, missed some throws uh, in the end zone. Definitely not going to be an easy transition from Desmond Ritter. 
too. I'm going to forget the quarterback's name. I believe his last name is Bryant. Um, going to be a rough transition, obviously. I mean, it's not, you know, you're going from a quarterback who's never started in a, in a college football game before to, you know, from a guy who started, what, for three or four years there and was really right. successful. So it's just, it's a tough transition, and no one's asking the guy to be Desmond Ritter off the bat, but um, definitely going to take a couple of weeks there. Um, the last game of the last ranked matchup of the week was supposed to be, this is where game day was. It, uh, people thought it be, might be the game of the week, and it turned out to be the game of the week, I thought. Uh, maybe not game of the week, but really good game, really good matchup considering the matchups we got prior. Um, number number five, Notre Dame, traveling to Columbus to play the number two Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, Ohio State was favored by 16 and a half. Both of us picked Ohio State to win, but Notre Dame to cover, and that did hit. It got pretty sketchy there for a while for Ohio it State. Did. They went into the fourth quarter down 10 to 7. And they kind of turned it on late, kind of like we predicted on the, on the pod. It was going to be tight until about the third, fourth quarter, and Ohio State's going to have the forces offensively and skill positions to kind of pull away from Ohio, from Notre Dame. And that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba went down early, took a big hit on the sideline, uh, lost his helmet. I think they took him out as merely, I think, mostly a precaution. Um, you know, you don't want to lose a guy like that for the season. That'd be really tough for, for them. Um, but they kind of prevail without JSN. Hopefully he's back next week healthy. Um, probably going to give him a week off, maybe. I don't think they're playing anybody legit this week. I don't remember who they're playing. I think that they're off this week. I don't think they're playing this week, yeah. so probably get a week off, and then hopefully they'll be back on the field next week. Um, playing, but yeah, like I said, uh, Notre Dame plus sixteen and a half did hit for both of us, so count that up as a win for us or uh, in that game. Yeah, both had good predictions there. Overall, good game as you know, twenty one ten was the final, so pretty solid game there. Um, you know, like you said, Notre Dame was up for the fourth quarter, um, but yeah, those all those were all the ranked matchups that we had for the opening week into my two picks real quick and then let you finish out with your two before we head into this week's predictions um but we had i picked seven utah at florida utah was favored by two and a half and i picked utah to cover i thought it'd be a really good game uh, but i just thought two and a half was a little narrow uh, and florida ended up winning so i did not hit on that one the pick or the spread and then my second game was for clemson who was favored by 23 at georgia tech i thought that was a lot of points giving uh, to clemson so I picked Clemson to win, and I picked Georgia Tech to cover, and Georgia Tech did cover, I think. I don't remember the final, but it was a good bit less than 20. Clemson, right? Clemson almost covered at the end. Right. Uh, I can double-check real quick before we finish wrapping this up, but they they almost did cover. I want to say it was pretty close um, down the stretch. I think they ended up winning by 21. Um, really good second half from Clemson in that game. Really disappointing. Ooh, that's where the tackle – hey, Clubnick had oh, a touchdown right. late. That's yeah. right, Clubnick. So – Georgia Tech did not cover plus 23. Um, or I guess, yeah, not plus 23, but off a late touchdown from the true freshman Clay Cub- Clubnick. Right, Austin, those Texas. two late yep. garbage time yep. touchdowns. Well, they turned the ball over late, yeah. So, um, but no, really good really good second half from Clemson. Really disappointing, honestly, mediocre first half from from Clemson offensively. Looked, they look, their defense looks great. Um, yeah, as advertised, obviously, they have they have elite players at every every level of the defense. Starts with Brian uh, Brisset up front. And the defense on the defensive line unit, and you got Trenton Simpson at linebacker, who's an absolute stud. And they got a bunch of bunch of really good athletes in the back end at safety and at corner, as they do every other year. But um, no, I think Florida Utah is the game of the week. Um, Anthony Richardson is the man. He's he's the real deal. Um, throw him into the Heisman race, like throw him right into the heart of it. I think right now um, this guy's really good, really talented. Um, but I get to my picks real quick. I had a Rice at USC. USC favored by thirty two and a half. Not necessarily a competitive game of the week, but Want to see the USC Trojans, um, the Manulik offense. They covered 32 and a half, um, three pick sixes in the game. Defense was really athletic. They were flying around. Offense looked as advertised with Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, all those guys. Um, looked really good. And then my other game of the week 
There's an army at Coastal Carolina. Um, we've got some guests leaving. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Um, the other game was Army at Coastal. Um, Coastal is favored by one and a half. This game, you just pick a winner and just spreads this tight. Um, I picked Army to win plus one and a half. They lost to Coastal. Coastal ended up covering plus one and a half again. When spreads are about you know, three and under, you're just picking a winner at that point typically. Um, if you lose on the half point or you lose in the point and a half, it's just a bad beat. Um, but yeah, those are our college picks for the week. Um, honestly, a great slate to start, start the year. Um, lesser of a slate this next week um, for our college football picks, unfortunately. But um, still going to be some good games, still some marquee matchups to talk about. We'll get to our NFL picks first, I think. Uh, just kind of start the episode off with NFL picks, or I guess current week picks. We'll start with the NFL games. Um, we already did our Rams, our Rams Bills picks. We both picked the Bills, and it looks like it's going to hold. Bills are up 21 with four minutes to go. Um, we'll kind of recap that game next week. I don't want to recap it too early in case the Rams make it a little miraculous, come back here and make it close. But we'll kind of recap that next week. But start it off. Um, I'll, let you, I'll let you start this off with the greatness, Jets. Yeah, so like you said, uh, Bills two and a half they covered, so we're good on that. Ravens are favored by seven going to New York this week. Uh, playing in New York on 9-11 should be pretty cool. And we both picked the Ravens here. feels like a pretty easy decision. You know, the Jets have obviously not a great roster. They had a really good draft, which should be cool to see all the young guys play. And outside of that, they just don't have the guys, I don't think, to stack up with the Ravens. And I, I think the Ravens should win. You know, if they don't win by two scores, I think it's going to be a real disappointing, um, you know, display uh, from them to start their season. So both pick the Ravens, and I think you got the next one, Saints and Falcons, a divisional matchup. Yeah, I think, let's see. I picked this, uh, let's see, Saints at Falcons. Saints favored minus five and a half on the spread. I picked the Saints to win. Um, I'm big on the Saints this year. I think I'm a big James Winston believer. I think that aligns why they lost Toronto Armstead in the offseason. Obviously, Charter Penning's not a pick that's panned out so far and didn't even start during training camp. Not gonna, he's on, I believe he's on the pup list, actually. Um, for the first four weeks, he's not going to play. Um, but nonetheless, um, going to be a different offensive line unit for the, I guess, at the left tackle spot. But for the most part, going to be pretty consistent um, up front. I think the weapons around him, Michael Thomas coming back, the draft Chris Olave, who, by the way, think about rookie rookie receiver and quarterback pairings. That might be my favorite one. Um, just play style and quarterback. What Olave can do is really stretch the field, run really good deep routes, and that's what James wants to do is put the ball deep. So really like that pairing there. I think they beat the Falcons, who are just a, a roster that are depleted and looking to draft Landers and Jalen Carter next year. So. Yeah, you know, the Saints, I really like James Winston a lot as well. And, you know, they look at the wide receiver group. They also brought in uh, Jarvis Landry. And they bring in Tyron Matthew on the defense as they kind of revamp their secondary. So they're looking pretty good. Um, I expect, you know, good things from the Saints this year. I don't know if they're going to quite challenge the Bucks for the division. But they could end up down on the stretch uh, pretty much being right there with them. And, yeah, so we both, both picked the Saints for that. The next game that we picked was 49ers at Bears. The Niners are favored by seven. And we both picked the Niners. feel like a pretty easy decision, uh, similar to the Ravens at Jets. You know, Bears just don't really have a whole lot to outlook. Uh, you know, they have fields and stuff. They don't really have much outside of that. And so this felt like a pretty easy decision. You know, the 49ers are healthy. They got a new quarterback, so a lot to look forward to for them. So both picked them. Yeah, I'm high Niners this year. Um, obviously, they're my Super Bowl pick to go. Uh, the NFC, um, big fan of Trey Lance's game. Again, got to be marginally better than Jimmy G. Um, taking him to just run through the Bears this week. A Bears team that, again, going to be in play for Will Anderson, Jalen Carter next year. Um, so not a great look for the Bears right now on playing the Niners week one. But we'll kind of get to the next game, Steelers at Bengals. Another one that I felt was pretty easy to pick 
picking the Bengals this week. We both picked the Bengals. Um, MVP, Mitch Trubisky. Not going to get it done against the Bengals, I don't think. Um, going to go, like I said, with the Bengals to win this one. I think it's not going to be very close. Um, you know, maybe the Steelers D keeps it tight, but listen, I'm just not a fan of that secondary at all. And you know, when you're going against T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd in there as well, throw Joe Mixon in the mix. Obviously, with Burrow, quarterback, it's going to be a tough week for him. Definitely, yeah. Um, pretty easy decision there. We're both going with the Bengals. Next game up is Eagles at Lions. I think this could be a sneaky good game of the week. Uh, you know, two kind of teams. Obviously, the Eagles have a better roster and a little more uh, better outlook as they have an easier division. Probably higher hopes for this season. Uh, I think this could be a really good game. The Eagles are favored by four. Both picking the Eagles to win by more than four. Um, but, you know, the Lions are always the team that play teams close regardless of, you know, what point of the season or who they're playing. So I think it could be a really close game down the stretch, and I can definitely see the Lions covering. I just think it's more likely that the Eagles cover. Uh, they have a lot to look forward to in um, really good rookie class. Yeah, no, I'm taking the Eagles as well. Um, like you said, I'm a big believer. Again, the Eagles are a big believer in. I think they win the division. Um, Jalen Hurts fan, he's got, he's, he could be – he could not take a step forward in his development, and they'll be better next year just because they're also so much better. So – I think that was another easy one. Eagles at Lions, um, definitely taking the Eagles there. Next game here was Pats at Dolphins. We differ on this one. Dolphins favored by three and a half. Um, just picking a winner, taking the Pats in this one. Um, not sold on the Dolphins at all yet. I know they got Tyreek Hill. I know they have Jalen Waddle, who's going in for looking for a big year too. But I just I don't buy into that offensive line, and I don't buy into a guy an unproven quarterback who's really struggled like to a going against the Bill Belichick defense. I mean, you look at what Bill did last year against. The Chargers, I mean, it's a year two quarterback in Justin Herbert who's objectively been better than two, and just he, they made it tough on him. I think the way they run their defense and the way that they can scheme up zone defenses is really hard for quarterbacks to pick apart, and that's kind of what's obviously been a large part of their success for the last 20 years. Obviously, Tom Brady's a big part of that, but defense goes understated sometimes, and I think that um, the P defense gets it done for them this week. Yeah, you know, this is a really good game. I just mainly picked the Dolphins because they look, you know, they improved their roster you know, pretty drastically this offseason. I think Tua could take, take a step in his development in year three. Um, it's really to tell kind of what his career outlook is, but I think this is kind of a prove-it year for him in terms of, you know, what money he wants uh, for a second contract and then kind of what the Dolphins' plan will be. And I also picked them because the Pats have trouble winning against the Dolphins, especially in Miami. Um, so if this game was New England, I'd probably go with the Patriots, but I think the Dolphins will win. I don't know if they're going to cover, uh, but we're just picking winners. So I'm going with Dolphins. And then our next game up is probably the toilet bowl of the week. Uh, Jaguars at Commanders. Commanders are favored by two and a half. Um, I think the Commanders are going to win, but the Jags might cover. Uh, it's two and a half, so you're basically picking a winner. Uh, but I just think the Commanders, being the home team, you know, definitely made some improvements in the offseason and are really healthy right now. So I think they will end up winning. You know, we differed here. Uh, I took the Jags mainly just because I don't really have a lot of faith in Carson Wentz, to be honest. Um, I think I like I like the Jags this year a little bit more. I think Doug Peterson can do a lot of a lot of good things for that team. Um, really excited for Trevor Lawrence's year two, away from the absolute train wreck that is Urban Meyer. I think that that was a huge issue for him. I think people forget like there was a reason Trevor Lawrence was the most talked about quarterback in the NFL draft since Andrew Luck, and there was a reason he's compared to Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning. There's a reason for that. He's not just some absolute bum who. Got lucky in college. I mean, he's a very talented quarterback. He's a really, really good player. Um, and I think he's going to have a good year, too. I drafted him as a backup quarterback in every fantasy league that I'm in because, one, if I have a guy get hurt, he should be able to step in and number two trade bait. But I think he's going to have a good year. Um, 
I'll take the Jags to beat them. I think it's going to be a tight one, but again, uh, I'll take the Jags in a little week one upset here. I like it. I think that's going to be a really good game uh, down the stretch, real close one. Next game up, Browns at Panthers. The line is even. Uh, Baker Mayfield is hosting his old team as he was kind of looking for a revenge game with the even line. I had to go with the Panthers here. Panthers are hosting, and I just think Baker's going to kind of have a fire lit under him and play really well. I don't think that the Browns are going to do enough in week one to win. Obviously, with Brissett as quarterback, um, it's going to be pretty tough to come out with a win, so I'm going with the Panthers. Yeah, no, again, I picked the picked the Browns this week. We differed here again, but at the end of the day, I think the Browns roster is just a little too talented for what the Panthers are going to present across the board. I think you look at Denzel Ward, should have a good week against DJ Moore. I like DJ Moore a lot, but again, Denzel Ward's on a different level, I think. I also think that Miles Garrett's going to have a good week. I know they got a Kimikonu up front, um, but I think it's going to be really tough. Kimikonu's first pro game, not going to be easy seeing Miles Garrett, maybe the best pass rusher in football. So going with the Browns this week, I think it's just a roster talent thing um, against the Panthers. But kind of moving on to Colts, Texans. Uh, both picked the Colts. Felt like a pretty easy one. Texans roster, not that great. Colts looking to bounce back with the new quarterback and Matt Ryan. Um, Really like Colts this year. I like the, really like the roster. Really like, really like what they did in the offseason. Um, seems like every year they have a really good draft without having a first-round pick. So um, big ups to kind of the front office there as, as an entirety. I know Chris Ballard, GM, is really solid, but I think it goes a little deeper than just him. So um, really good really good offseason for the Colts, and I'm taking them to win this year. Yeah, you pretty much said it. Uh, picking the Colts, pretty easy decision here. I think the Texans could surprise some people here this season in a few games, but I don't think this is one of the games, you know. I think the Colts are – out to win the division, I think they will. Uh, but another team they're fighting for the division with. The Tennessee Titans host the New York Giants this week, and the Titans are favored by five and a half. And we both went with the Titans. Another game that seemed like a pretty easy decision. I don't believe that the Giants are going to compete with them uh, for the whole four quarters. It might be close at half, but after that, I think the Titans will pull away. It's also in Tennessee, not in New York or New Jersey. Uh, so I, we're go, both going with the Titans. It felt like another pretty easy pick. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, again, just it's a roster talent thing. I'm not huge on the Titans this year, but roster talent compared to the Giants, I think it should be a little overwhelming for them. Um, getting to the next game, Packers at Vikings. Tighter spread than I thought there'd be. I think people are a little overreacting to the, quote, lack of weapons for Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's a one-and-a-half spread in favor of the Packers. Uh, I'm picking the Packers here. I think they're going to win by a touchdown. Um, I really don't see the whole flaw in, in this Packers offense is going to suck without Devontae Adams. I, I know he's a really good receiver. I know he's very good, but... Let's not sleep on Aaron Rodgers. The guy's still a stud. Um, you know, I think while Christian Watson and Romeo does take some time, I think Aaron Rodgers can make do in the meantime and, and do well enough to beat a Vikings team that is still pretty ple- depleted defensively. So um, picking the Packers in this one, I think you did as well for the same reasons. Yeah, you know, Packers, my NFC team if I had to have one, and I picked them here, I think it'll be a good game. One and a half is close, but I think it'll be about three to seven uh, margin of victory for the Packers there. So another... You know, decision maybe took a second to think about, but, you know, after that, you know, Vikings can come out and beat anybody any day, but I just think it's the Packers game. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Right? Like, every team could beat any other team in the NFL every week, right? But, um, you know, playing games for the reason, obviously, the NFL, it's everyone's professionals. You're going to see, like I said, a team like the Jags maybe go beat a team like the, like the Bills or the Chiefs. So, and you play the games for a reason, and um, you kind of see where the kind of cards fall from there. Yeah, and uh, as we have four NFL games left before we get into our you know, eight or so college games that we're covering. The Chiefs at Cardinals. Chiefs are favored by six, both going with the Chiefs here. While they do have to go on the road, I think it's the Chiefs game to lose. And I think the Cardinals, you know, 
they have a few new pieces on the offense. I don't think that they're going to be able to, you know, keep up with the Chiefs. The Chiefs, you know, have all the experience in the world, and they have obviously Mahomes at quarterback. So with Mahomes at quarterback, they should be just fine. And I think that you know the Chiefs. I mean, they've been to how many straight AFC championships for a reason, and they have a real good roster. Uh, defense should be pretty much the same. So yeah, pretty easy decision. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm not really high on the Cardinals this year either. Um, but again, I think you're right. Chiefs, they have Mahomes still with 1,500. They're, they're, they're in every single game that, that, that they play in. Um, again, with, with or without Tyreek Hill, I think. I think I'm high on Juju this year. I think he's going to have a good year. Um, I think as well as Travis Kelsey, I mean, the guy's still the biggest matchup problem in the NFL potentially. So, again, well, you got 15, 15 under, under center and that good of an offensive line. They're going to be in every game that they play in. Um, Getting to my team this week, the Raiders travel to L.A. to play the Chargers. Chargers open uh, minus three uh, favorites. I'm taking the Chargers. Um, you know, I think whether or not J.C. Jackson plays, I don't, I don't it doesn't really affect my pick on who's going to win, to be honest. Um, you know, I think looking at the rosters, I, I just don't like what the Raiders are going to bring to the table on the offensive line. Seeing Bosa and Mack and an improved interior with Sebastian Joseph Day being kind of the marquee signing there. Um, as well as the offense, look at the secondary that, that Vegas is going to present to Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen, Michael Williams, and company. Um, and I think, you know, while they signed Chandler Jones, I just don't know if the, the defense as a whole is going to be good enough. I think, I think you look at the improvements the Chargers made across the board. Um, you know, starting on the defense side of the ball and working to the offense side of the ball, dropping Zion Johnson at 17. Obviously getting Isaiah Spiller in there in the fourth round. And then uh, kind of the emergence of this training camp of Josh Palmer at wide receiver three. Um, and it's going to present too many problems. I think Justin Herbert takes a step in year three. I think it's going to be a big win for the Chargers. And it's just kind of a statement win in year in, in week one. Um, kind of similar to what the Bills just did. Kind of tired of the offseason hype. They just want to play and kind of get it over with and show what they're made of. Yeah, I went with the Chargers as well. I think they win by kind of 7-10 to 10 margin. The line three is a little bit slim for me. Um, I think it's honestly going to come down to which O-line plays better. Obviously, the Chargers have the better O-line. Uh, but, you know, similar D-lines in terms of skill level and kind of strengths and weaknesses. Um, so I think it'll be a really good game. I'm really interested to see the battle in the trenches on both sides of the ball when each team's on offense. I think that'll be kind of the thing I'm watching, as that'll likely be the game I watch in the afternoon. Um, just real quick before we get on to Bucks at Cowboys, the Bills did end up um, closing out the game, winning 31-10 over the defending champs. Uh, Josh Allen played pretty well. I believe it was 26 of 31 for 297, three touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Stephon Diggs had eight catches for 122 yards and a score. And Von Miller had two sacks in his Bills debut. So a few solid showings from the stars there from Buffalo and uh, about everything you expected from this matchup except for, you know, the Rams failing to show up really uh, first game off the, the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think I guess touch on it real quick. Um, Rams offensive line, uh, that's kind of the big one out of the gate. Um, it's going to be a problem for them this year. It's going to be a big problem. Um, not everyone's as high on the, on the Niners as I am. I don't think they're seeing it as kind of a, a clear cut and dry lens as I am. But again, it's going to be tough for the Rams this year. They have a tough schedule. I think they have one of the hardest schedules in football. And look what that offensive line did tonight. I know the Bills are really good up front. Um, but man, it's going to be tough. I think tapes out on them potentially on the offensive line. Um, it's pressure on the edges. And if you can get pressure up on the guards, it's not going to be that difficult to. So. Um, yeah, not a great showing from the Rams. Um, defensive back room looks bad. Jalen Ramsey did not have a good night either. Got burnt a couple times by Stephon Diggs. Um, looked a little lost in coverage a couple times too. It almost thought like, felt like he thought he had safety help over the top when it was very clear he had no help over the top. So right. um, not really sure what's going on there with the Rams defense. Um, definitely something to monitor as kind of we go up throughout the year. But 
Um, very lackluster performance from the Rams. Um, Bills were as advertised. Defense was great. Josh Allen looked like an MVP. Um, yeah, he was he was great tonight. A lot of easy throws, which is what you want. Um, he just looked really easy for the Bills offense. I know they had a couple of turnovers. Um, both picks Allen threw weren't really his fault. Uh, one of them got literally just taken from Isaiah McKenzie out of his hands. Um, second one was a sideline ball that was a really good play by the DB. And then um, the fumble from James Cook was was bad. Um, bad balls here in the front on the first, his first touch as a bill. So, um, yeah, just to, overall, other than those couple of mistakes, really, really showing for the Bills out there, as advertised, if not better, and just a really bad performance from the Rams as well. But I, gotta, we'll, I guess we'll pick it back up with Bucks cowboys uh, as our second-to-last game of the week. Yeah, we got two more left for y'all, like you said. Uh, I picked Bucks here as they're favored by two and a half in Dallas. I think this is a pretty easy pick as well. You know, Dallas always coming into the season with some hype being, you know, whatever America's team. Uh, the Bucks, you know, they have Tom Brady, and they have some weapons on the offense, and they have a pretty solid defense. So I think two and a half is a little slim, and I think they win by about ten over the Cowboys. Uh, should be a pretty easy pick for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, picking the Bucks. Don't think the Cowboys got much better than when you look at what they what happened with the. To, um, pardon me, Teron Smells and Teron. I'm sorry, Tyron Smith. Um, just tough situation there, losing him for the season. Obviously, it's a big blow. To the offensive line, especially after you use Lyle, lose Lyle Collins in the offseason to the Bengals on free agency. So, going to be a tough year for the Cowboys, I think, and definitely picking the Bucks to win week one. Um, last game of the week, Broncos at Seahawks. Broncos country riding into Seattle mm-hmm. to play the Seahawks in week one. Um, and Russell Wilson's debut, making his debut back in Seattle, actually, with the Broncos. So, uh, should be kind of an interesting storyline to follow pregame. Um, but I think that's kind of where the interesting part gets dropped. I think this is a six-and-a-half spread is wildly too close. I think this is a blowout game. The Seahawks are terrible. Maybe the worst roster in football, to be honest with you. I know they draft uh, Charles Cross. They get Abe Lucas at right tackle. Um, get a young, I saw a young tackle deal, but outside of that, I'm not really confident in much on that on that roster. They've got DK and Tyler Lockett still, but um, you know, Geno Smith's playing quarterback, so I don't know who's throwing the ball, but it ain't going to be Geno uh, for most of the game. So going to be a tough one for the for the Seahawks. I think, I think Russ and the Broncos and Broncos country ride through Seattle um, in, a, in a big way and get a big win this weekend. Or I guess this weekend Monday Night Football. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I picked Broncos as well. I think they win maybe by 14-plus. Um, you know, the Seahawks are obviously a team that's entering a rebuild after trading Russ, and they unfortunately have to face him the first week without him. Um, you know, the Broncos had a really strong rookie class. You look at their secondary with Kobe Bryant and Tariq Woolen. And then, obviously, you mentioned the O-line. They have a good receiver duo as well. They re-signed DK and Tyler Lockett's still under contract for a few years. So they obviously have some exciting pieces. Uh, they just don't have a quarterback. I mean, Geno Smith starting, Drew Locks are backup. And then you don't really have much else. You have Jordan Brooks in the middle of the defense. Um, but they just won't be able to put all the pieces together in year one uh, to, to mean anything for them. So look for a top three pick, top three to five pick from the Seahawks this upcoming or this next year's draft after the season as they likely won't get out of the season with more than, you know, four or five wins. Uh, But that'll wrap up our NFL picks. We're going to head right into college football week two here and kick it off with the Texas Tech game. Uh, This weekend, the Red Raiders host number 25, Houston, who's fresh off a triple overtime victory over the UTSA Roadrunners. Um, Should be a really big game. You know, Tech was U of H's only loss last season up until they played Cincinnati in the championship. This game's at 3 p.m., and Tech is favored by 3.5. And, and I'm going with Texas Tech, but I'm thinking UH will cover uh, plus 3.5. I think it's, you know, if it if Tech does end up winning, I think it'll be a 1, 2, or 3-point game. 
But we're seeing eye-to-eye here. I'm taking uh, Tech to win, but Houston cover at plus 3.5. I think this will be a great game. Really excited to see Donovan Smith uh, likely play most of the game at quarterback against a real team. I know, you know, no shade to Murray State, but that's just that's just a program on a, on a different level um, and not a good way from, from Texas Tech. And I think it's going to be – it should be a statement win for Texas Tech. I think they can get this win um, – Kind of showing everybody that hey, we weren't we weren't messing around week one. They were a legit team, and I think again, um, I think getting off to a two and zero start, get yourself some momentum going into NC State, uh, going into Raleigh next weekend will be huge. Um, but yeah, I think I'm picking Texas Tech. Really excited to see this game play out. Obviously, going to need to see some improvements from the Texas Tech secondary from last week. Um, obviously, not pretty against Murray State with the what the corners did and what the DB room did as a whole. But everybody else looked great. Tyree Wilson looked as good as advertised off the edge. Um, had his way with both tackles left and right. For Murray State, I think as you look at the offense, I mean, they did whatever they wanted to uh, for most of the game with the ones in. Um, I mean, did whatever they wanted to, really, truthfully. Um, you know, Shuck missed a couple throws early before he got hurt. And, you know, the, the very next plays, he's back and making the throw for a touchdown. Um, look at Donovan Smith. Um, made a lot of really good passes last week. Look at Reeds. Um, played good football again. Like what you'd hope to see against the Murray State. So I'm really looking forward to see what the quarterbacks do this week against Houston. Obviously, Baron Morton's going to get some playing time, I think, against UH. Not how, not sure how much, as opposed to Donovan Smith, but I'm looking forward to see it. Uh, see the offense against a, a worthy opponent, if you will. Definitely, yeah. With U of H being the last team in the rankings this week, it'll be a really good game, and U of H is going to come out firing, I think. Fresh off, you know, a big win, and Tech was really their loss last year to kick off the season. So I definitely think they're out to, you know, get some revenge in Lubbock. Uh, should be a good game. Um, Obviously not feeling as comfortable about it as I did the Murray State game. But nonetheless, I think Tech will get out of this game 2-0 uh, on to Murray State next week. we got four ranked or three ranked matchups coming at you with one special game, and then we're each picking two, so eight remaining games to talk about on this episode. Uh, we agree on most of the picks. Um, to kick it off here, we have 24, Tennessee, who's favored by six over number 17, Pitt. They think that game will be at 2.30 uh, this Saturday. I'm going with Pitt. I think Pitt will win the game and cover, obviously, uh, as they're given six points. So I think they'll, you know, pit plus six and come out on top. Yeah, we differ on the pick here for the winner, but I'm going to go with the spread, uh, pit to cover plus six. Um, going to go with Tennessee. Been burned by Keaton Slovis too many times at quarterback. Can't pick him with Pat Narduzzi um, in, in Pittsburgh. Going to go with Tennessee. I'm, I'm a big fan of Hendon Hooker's game. Um, really, really a believer in him, what he can do offensively. At the quarterback position, um, and this is a bit. This is a big game for Tennessee's program. This is a, this could be a statement win for them. This could be a statement about their program. Like, hey, we're not here, you know, just as a courtesy for the SEC. Like, we're we're a legit program. We're looking to make some noise this year. Um, I'd love to see Tennessee win. I think it's good for football. Um, obviously, another SEC team being good. I think a, a program like Tennessee has got a lot of history. Um, should be a great game. I think again, Pitt's going to cover plus six, but I think Tennessee gets the win and, and escapes Pittsburgh with a W. Yeah, I think that would be a good game. Uh, but we have an early SEC matchup here as one's in the West and one's in the East. We have 20 Kentucky at 12 Florida. Uh, Florida fresh off a big win over the Utah Utes. Florida's fared by 6.5. That game will be at 6 p.m. And both agree on this one. Florida to win and to cover by 6.5. So both think Florida win by at least 7. Should be the case, uh, barring anything, you know, injuries or whatever. Um, but big game here for Florida as they're home once again. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely a big game for Florida. Um Again, I hate to keep saying the word statement win, but it really could be. Um, kind of here to show everybody that they're not they're not messing around with the SEC. I think Anthony Richardson has another really good big, really big week. He continues to thrust himself into the heart of the Heisman race. Um, obviously, you're gonna have Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, uh, and Will Anderson up there. But I think 
Anthony Richardson can get some serious votes and they can Florida can make some noise, upset somebody this year. Um, maybe we're looking for the program. Um, getting with another matchup this week where the lower-ranked teams actually favored. Number nine, Baylor travels to Utah to play the BYU Cougars, who are favored by three points. It's going to be a 9-15 kick as their, or central time kick as they're playing in Utah. Both, both of us are on the same page here. I think we talked about this prior to. We're picking Baylor to win and Baylor to cover plus three, obviously. Um, I'd be picking Baylor to win plus ten, to be honest with you. I think Baylor is much better than this BYU team. I'm not banging into the Jaron Hall hype yet at quarterback for BYU. I'm buying into the Baylor defensive front hype. I'm buying into the Baylor hype as a whole. Um, I think this team's really good. I think they're being stepped on in the Big 12 for sure. Um, I think this could be a big win for them. Uh, obviously, again, we both agree it's a pretty easy pick here. Yeah, when Bohannon went down last year, Shapin came in and balled out. Obviously won them the Sugar Bowl and won them the Commerce Championship over Oklahoma State. Um, so Baylor's looking good. They have everything to look forward to here. Uh, I believe the favorites to win the Big 12 coming into the season. So I think they win here by about 7 or 10 uh, in that range. But to wrap up our kind of big matchups, it's not a ranked matchup because UT is not ranked currently. Uh, but number one, Bama is traveling to Austin to play the Texas Longhorns at 11 a.m. this weekend. Bama's favored by nearly three scores at 20 points, and both agree here. Uh, we're going to pick Bama uh, to win the game and to cover by 20. So we think Bama's going to win by more than 20. Uh, this game is obviously hyped up for uh, valid reasons. Uh, you know, Bama's just going to be too much for UT, regardless of where the game's played or whatever, however many you know high-ranked caliber guys um, are on the UT roster. I just you know, Bama's such a well-orchestrated roster. You know, they don't just have stars; they have players that play well together and complement each other and it's pretty you know second nature how they just come out and play good teams and win by a lot like it's nothing however many five stars texas has bama has two for their one and that's, that's true for i'm not saying that's a texas thing i'm saying that's for everybody bama's maybe except for georgia bama's got as many five stars as everybody else twofold so it's just it's hard to pick against alabama um especially when you Listen, Bryce Young aside, they have the best player in college football in Will Anderson, and he's going to feast this week against the Texas offensive line. Um, you know, I'm kind of surprised that there are a lot of people picking Texas to win this game. I think it's going to be a blowout. I think Bama covers minus 20. Um, obviously, game day is going to be in Austin this week, so um, that's why riding it on here, college game day matchup. Um, man, I'm, I'd be hammering Alabama minus 20. And I'm not saying the Texas defense is going to be all that great either. I, mean, I think Bryce Young has a great game. Um, but I ultimately, I really do think Alabama is going to out-athlete Texas to no end on the defensive side of the ball. I think Will Anderson is going to feast, and the rest of the team is going to feast. Um, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be really tough for a young Texas offense to play this Alabama defense and a Nick Saban team. Uh, we looked earlier. I, I don't even know the last time Alabama lost a regular season non-conference game. Right. Take take away the, the playoff when they, lost, when they lost to Clemson, lost to Ohio State in the, in the, in the semi by way back when, in the kind of the first entry in the college football playoff, but I mean, I don't know the last time they lost a non-conference regular season game. Genuinely, I, I don't know. I couldn't think of it um, off the top of my head. So, yeah, it's obviously been a while. Um, I don't think it starts this weekend with Texas, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a pretty big win for Bama, and head right back home to Tuscaloosa and get ready for conference play, where our schedule's going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, but nonetheless, future opponent in UT as are going to be entering the SEC here pretty soon. Uh, but we each picked two matchups like we normally do to close out the Friday episodes. I'm going to hit my two first, and I'll let you round out the episode with your two. Uh, so my first one was Louisville at UCF, Central Florida. Uh, Central Florida's fared by 5.5, and, and I'm picking UCF uh, minus 5.5. I just think, you know, home field advantage, they had a big one last week, and I think they're just more equipped to kind of win this game. 
I if, if you look at the overall projections, UCF is projected to be a better team this year. Uh, but Louisville is obviously a team that can s- sneak around and beat anybody. Um, team that's been, just been pretty solid for most of the years, you know, dating back to Teddy Bridgewater and stuff like that. So picking UCF um, to cover and to win. And then my second game is the Iowa State versus Iowa battle. Uh, Iowa's favored by three and a half, and Iowa is hosting Iowa State. But I'm picking Iowa State to win. Uh, Iowa State to cover as well, plus three and a half, obviously. I think Iowa State wins by, you know, five or so, um, five, six. And I think it'll be a a low-scoring game. I don't think there's going to be much offense. Um, You know, outside of the Iowa State receiver, Hutchinson, I believe it is. There's not many uh, good offensive players on either side, and they both have pretty stout defenses. Um, Heavier run game there for Iowa rather than Iowa State's a more pass-heavy team. Um, you know, a lot of new uh, players on Iowa State, new quarterback, new running back, and new a uh, couple new alignments. So I think I'm going to pick Iowa State, though. I think they're just – they've won this game more. If you look at the all-time record, I believe they're like four games over 500 playing Iowa. Uh, but nonetheless, it's going to be a tough environment playing at Iowa, and I think it will be a really good game. I'm just going with Iowa State. Does Iowa score a touchdown this week? Are they going to score their first touchdown of the year, or are they going to go with two field, two two field goals or two, what two field no two safeties in a field goal? Yeah, is that what it was? I believe so. Yeah. Are they going to score a touchdown this week? I mean, seriously, I feel like they will. They, they got to. Yeah, I feel yeah. like they have to. But again, um, yeah, good good games this week. I think it's hard to pick, um, you know, some some worthy matchups when we get to this point. Um, again, not a ton of matchups. There's a lot of teams taking a week off. Ohio State being one of them. Um, so my picks, I'll go with my. I'll go with this pick. I'll go with Wake Forest at Vanderbilt. Uh, Wake Wake's favored by twelve and a half. Um, I don't think this is gonna be competitive. I think Wake's gonna win by twelve and a half or more. But I pick this game because Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman makes his return. He was out last week with an injury. Um, big believer in Sam Hartman. Had a really good year last year. Really liked him in, in his games I watched last year. Um, kind of a sleeper, I think, for the NFL draft. I think he's a guy who does not really super flashy, but um, I think he makes a lot of really good decisions. Throws the ball really well. Um, Fits the ball into really tight windows. I think he just operates really well. I think there's something to be said for the kind of the intangible being a smooth operator. I think that's a lot of what makes Joe Burrow so great. Obviously, um, he's a really smooth operator. He's super calm, really good in the pocket, um, and can find the open receiver. I think that's a lot of what Sam Hartman does. Obviously, I'm not comparing Sam Hartman to Joe Burrow. I'm not making him out to be the same player, but I think mean, just play style wise, um, pretty similar, sneaky, athletic as well. Um, a lot of grit, a lot of football IQ in that guy. So um, really excited to see his return. Uh, and also, maybe said to see a Vanderbilt team maybe go three and zero this week, maybe with an upset win. Go, they're they're going to be in in Tennessee, um, you know, at home for Vanderbilt, and, and maybe they maybe they get an upset win this week. I don't know. Um, I'm really excited to see though. Again, I think Wake does cover twelve and a half, and they win. But uh, we're really excited to see Sam Hartman back in action. Then my last pick, save this one for the end because if you hate USC, which a lot of people do, you can just turn the pot off right now. Um, I'm going to keep talking about them all year because. I can, and I'm going to choose to. This is not allowed for me to do that. Nobody's an SC fan in Lubbock. The only SC fan I talk to is my dad. So I'm going to use my I'm going to use this outlet as a chance to talk about the USC Trojans. Um, this is their first real test of the year with Lincoln Riley at the helm. Obviously, Caleb Williams, brand new roster. Um, they played Rice last week. It was not a competitive game. They rolled. Defense was great. Offense is great, but they should be against Rice. They're playing a real team this week in Stanford. I know they had a rough year last year, but... Uh, number 10 USC travels up north to Palo Alto to play Stanford. I guess now Stanford, California is a new thing, apparently. News to me this offseason. Mm-hmm. That's not Palo Alto anymore, but we'll talk about that later. Um, favored by nine, USC is um, at Stanford. 
I'm picking USC to win. USC to win, picking them to cover. But I want, I'm, I'm excited to see this offense against a real football team, a real program. Again, no shade to Rice, but it's just not the same level as a Pac-12 team like Stanford. Not, not the same level of program. I know Stanford's had a rough couple of years, but again, it's not the same level of play. Not the same level of athlete on the field. Um, and again, it's an in-conference game. It's a, it's a big rivalry game. Stanford spoiled a lot of USC seasons pretty early on in the last few years. So really looking forward to see this game. I get to actually watch it this week. Couldn't watch it last week because it was on Pac-12 Network. And my parents' AT&T Uber subscription, doesn't, we don't, they, don't, they don't carry Pac-12 Network anymore. It kind of sucks. So couldn't watch it. Um, got the clips on Twitter. But I'm excited to watch the Trojans this week. Um, obviously a big SC fan. My dad's a big SC fan, so we're going to be watching for sure. I'll be texting him. I'm catching most of the game after the Tech game's over when I get home. But looking forward to seeing the Trojans in action this week against, against a legit program. Well, that kind of wraps up our our first week of, of Friday episode with college and NFL picks. Um, made a pretty good time. Um, really looking forward to op- opening weekend of football. I know we had the game tonight. A little underwhelming for what we thought it might be. But um, I'm looking forward to football being back in its entirety. NFL is back. College is back. Um you know, I guess if I had to kind of put thoughts into it real quick, um, just hope everyone stays healthy week one for the, for, for the NFL. Um, I've been lucky this year. Not a lot of guys have been out so far. Not a lot of big names have gotten hurt. Um, hopefully everyone stays healthy. Obviously, I want to see a lot of good games. And um, it's really looking forward to it. Really excited for, like I said, back in its entirety. Um, what, we're going to have four straight days of football? It's great. It's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Um, look at games week one. Looking forward to uh, in college football, we're looking forward to week two. Some good games this weekend in the NFL. So that kind of wraps up what I got for the potty. Anything else? No, i just excited for football to be back, like you said. Uh, it should be a really big season, both college and NFL. And, you know, obviously with everything going on, uh, it's finally nice to have some, uh, you know, arguably the biggest sport in the country to watch uh, at every level, high school, college, NFL, probably arena league, whatever you want. Um <laughs> But, yeah, looking forward to it. And if you want to stay up to date on college or NFL, uh, just tune in right here every Friday or Saturday, and you will get your fair share of news and what to look for. Um, So that's pretty much it for here as we've eclipsed the 50-minute mark. Um, We will see you all again on Tuesday, and make sure you're following us on our socials. Yep, see you guys soon.